Roy, I'm Danny Lucas. And I'm Mike Lucas. And welcome to Comedy 101. Bum, 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 bum. Laugh! 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 Yes. That's what we need. We need a live studio audience, and then we need a laugh sign. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You can sit down now. You may please. Yeah, please. You're embarrassing yourselves now. Just sit down and and just try to pay attention to what we have to say. Yes, relax, people. Take a deep breath. Well, we're just rehearsing for the one day when we do have a live audience, Daniel. That's, uh, that's, That's the key. So this is our third episode, Mr. Mike. Oh, imagine... That's uh, what we've, yeah, we're, we're uh, you, you can't get rid of us. We're going to be here. And, uh, and, and I was just telling you that we've doubled our audience and we've almost tripled our views. So I'm very excited about getting our traffic. We don't need to go into the specific numbers, Daniel. Yes. But, we're, but, but the point is that mathematically speaking, we're doing better than we have. Yes, people. We are congratulating ourselves because <laughs> without you, we are nothing. <laughs> That's true. And, and, and just to reiterate from, from the first two weeks, what we're trying to do is we're trying to talk to brand new comedians, people who are, um, who are perhaps new to the business or newer to the business. And they're just trying to figure out how do you do this thing called stand-up comedy, uh, joke writing, humor writing, laugh getting. And also anybody who's uh, brand new uh, to the just world of, of trying to make other people laugh. A lot of people think that it's only something that you're born with, but I think you can practice it. You can learn how it works and then you can begin to practice it and get funnier. True people. This podcast is created to empower comedian. That's true. Uh, and, or, or, or even comedian wannabes because a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of the stuff that we talk about uh, on this um, podcast will be very impactful for anybody who's looking to learn how to do this crazy thing called laughing, getting laughs. Yes. And I like your introduction on your uh, book. Oh, I love it. Oh, <laughs> yes. This, spoiler. Is that the spoiler now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, my book, Finding Your Funny Muscle, How to Create Laughs Like a Pro, that's really got me juiced about, about this whole process. I, I, for a long time, when I, was, when I was starting out as a comedian, this is, this is back last century, I, um, I, I, I had, there was not a lot of, of information available on how to do these things, and especially on how to write an actual joke. And so to be a comedian, there's a couple of things that you have to begin to understand about yourself. One is how you are funny to the world and how you see the world in your humor and also how you create the jokes that get that across. And so those are the two different steps that I talk about in my book. And one of those steps we're going to talk about today, Daniel. Oh, yes, that'd be great. So last week we talked about 10 things and new kind of comic needs to do. So for all the beginners, you need to listen to our episode because it's really oh. help you. Right? Yeah, it's a real it's a real nice pointer uh, in the right direction. Um, there are ten things that um, when you are first starting out, they're very helpful uh, things that you can begin doing um, for yourself that will put you in a position to succeed. Because to, to be honest, when you're first starting out as a comedian, what you're trying to do, your, your main goal is simply to get a five-minute set of, of filled with laughs that you can use to audition for work and for um, uh, any kind of um, MC work or any kind of opening work. You're trying to begin to get on stage and get paid for it. 
And so the first goal you're trying to do is figure out who you are on stage and how to get five minutes worth of funny jokes out so that when you are doing a guest spot or an open mic set, you kill. You, you, you make the club owner and the club booker and the other comics go, who is that? What, what, where, where, where have they been? Yes, where have you been? Like that. <laughs> yeah, and and so that that's the goal when you're first starting out is to to put that five minutes together. And so we go over last week. We went over ten things that you can do right off the bat to get that started. So I really recommend uh, anyone who's uh, curious about the process to take a listen to that. Yes, please do, people. So before we go on to our next topic, uh, Mr. Mike and I met on social media to promote his first book, Finding Funny Muscles. Yeah, we met on Twitter. On Twitter, yes. And I asked him to be my guest on Book 101 Review, and he said, yes! And that was then, great. Yes, and then uh, something come up in the middle of our conversation. I'm thinking, oh, should I offer this guy to be my co-host to a new podcast <laughs> <laughs> well you know we got we got along so well and we um and you like to laugh and i like to make people laugh so we, we got along perfectly and what people might not realize is that we are brothers from another mother you are daniel lucas <laughs> l-u-c-a-s and i'm mike lucas l-u-k-a-s and so we are one consonant away from being related to each other <laughs> yes people have brother or whatever but we have the same and you know, Daniel, my whole life, people have been trying to spell my name L-U-C-A-S. And it's been so frustrating because I would always say, oh, it's Lucas with a, with a K. And so they were like, they would go, oh, you mean K-U-C-A-S? Like, no. no. Good, good thing they did not ask you, are you related to George Lucas? Oh. Right. Oh, no. But they, they always said, too bad it's not L-U-C-A-S or you would be related to him and you would get some of his money. And I said, I don't think you know how this works. <laughs> I don't think that's how it goes. Yes, Mr. Mike, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I thought today might be fun to talk about the comedy lens. I keep bringing this up in the first two episodes, and um, it's what I talk about in, it's in the start of my book. And uh, the comedy lens, it's, a, it's sort of a concept that uh, people call it different things. Over the years, I've heard it called different things. It could be your brand. It could be your take. But the comedy lens is what I call it, and it's sort of... Uh, I say it's sort of like a, a, a twisted porthole through which you look at the world in order to get your own original comedy takes. And so a comedy lens is basically uh, how you, in like maybe a, a short sentence, how you would phrase your um, uh, you, th that for yourself. Um, now, uh, for instance, uh, you've got people like um, Jerry Seinfeld, a very famous comedian. Jerry Seinfeld's comedy lens is that he... Um, he makes a big deal out of little things, right? Yes. So that's you're right. So that's that's been his um, that's been his um, uh, from the very beginning. Um, he's he was uh, made that his his big thing. He and he and um, Larry David. So those two guys always got cracked up cracked up by by taking the smallest things in life and then make, naming them something and then making a big deal out of them. And that, that was always how he, that's his comedy lens. Uh, a guy like Chris Rock, a very famous comedian. Uh, he's a racial satirist who's half rapper and half preacher. So that was always his thing. He, he was, he was a guy who would um, talk about his, his own life and about uh, society. Um, but he would do it with a rapper preacher kind of that's, that's what he calls himself. Uh, um, 
Roseanne Barr, she was all, she was a big famous uh, comedian. People forget that before her show, she was actually a comedian on stage, and she was very, very good and very talented. And she was called the domestic goddess. Oh, that was her. Wow. That was her comedy lens. So she she would she glorified the idea of being a housewife, and so she thought it was funny to uh, to make fun of the fact that people undersell what she did for uh, for uh, basically for a living, which was to to, to raise kids. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, he was the guy who could never get any respect, right? So these are all classic comedians. These are classic comedy lenses, but even all, you know, modern comics have it. Um, you know, Bill Burr, you know, a very famous comedian out of uh, Boston. And he's he's basically uh, says what everyone else is uh, thinking, you know, but he's got the guts to, he's angry and he's, he's, he's not afraid to let you know. But, you know <laughs> um, and so, so, so uh, my whole thing in, um, in, in, um, in, in, uh, finding your funny muscle is the first the first step that you want to do is you want to uh, discover this comedy lens about yourself and there's a there's a there's a reason why you want to do that okay uh daniel the reason yeah. why you want to have a comedy lens is it's 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 i don't know threefold the first reason is it helps you narrow down the material that you're trying to um make make have fun with so if you don't have a comedy lens, you can look at the whole world and go, man, anything could be funny. Everything could be funny. What, what's, what's funny about the whole world? But when you, once you have a comedy lens, then you get to narrow down the things you look at and how you look at them. For instance, if, if I'm looking at a, a, a nightside lamp, right? You know, I want to make a joke about a nightside lamp. Well, if, if different people could look at that same premise and make it funny, depending on the comedy lens, Jerry Seinfeld will, would find something very small about the lamp and um, he would he would make a big deal out of it. Like say, for instance, oh, that's a three um, a three level light bulb in in a one level lamp. And so he would make a big you know you know I, I have a one level lamp and that's a three level light bulb or whatever. You know, so so he would make a big deal out of that. Maybe uh, I'm not saying he would, but I'm saying that's that's how he would take it. For me, I might be um, I I'm 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 the clumsy Aspie hole. That's my comedy. <laughs> I'm on the yes. Asperger's spectrum. I'm I'm kind of rude about it, and but I'm also very clumsy, so I don't always you know measure up to 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 the expectations I have on the world. So how would I look at that lamp? Well, I like it might be too bright for me, and and uh, because of the Aspie kind of thing. So I might make fun of the idea of of needing a a, a lighter bulb. So everything you look at. Uh, is all I'm saying is is your comedy lens helps you to dictate how you're going to find your humor. It also makes you more memorable. With your comedy lens, you you can be more memorable to uh, your audience because they begin to say, "Oh, you're the person who finds that kind of humor out of life." I remember that. So we remember Seinfeld because he makes that big deal out of little things, and so that that we want to see more of that. And and uh, it, and we 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 it, it makes him instead of he's just uh, you know some white guy on stage who was funny. Now he's the he's the uh, the the guy who makes a big deal out of nothing, and we can remember him better. And the final thing that the comedy lens does for you, Daniel, is it helps you become more relatable. And so by that I mean when you begin to identify your humor more clearly you become more relatable to your audience. Uh, you, you, they can say either, oh, I'm like that too, or I know someone who's like that. And when you begin to have that level of connection with your audience, then they begin to, um, to remember you better and want to see more of your stuff because they're like, oh, he does the kind of humor I like because it's the kind of things I want to make fun of, but I just don't have the words or the humor to do it. So your comedy lens is, I guess what I'm saying is it's very important for all those reasons, Daniel. Definitely, indeed. So, Mr. Mike, what 
do you think what is the difference of comedy lens and funny muscle? Well, your funny muscle is basically, I, I, I use that as sort of the, all of this together. Your funny muscle is, is your comedy lens taking in information of the world and then running it through what I call the humor blueprint, which we'll go over in a, in a, a later episode. And the humor blueprint is basically a game plan or a template that you use uh, that helps you to create jokes. It helps you distract the audience and get them thinking one way so that you can surprise them with something different by heightening your, your, your setup into a way that they weren't expecting, but it still satisfies that setup. And that uses those heightening devices we talked about last week. So the oh. funny muscle is, the, is sort of the whole idea that the flex that the funny muscle does gets the laughter. That's that heightened. That's that twist that you put on. That's that I was. You were looking left, and I got you going right. That was, um, you know, the, uh, uh, I set you up to think of something very basic and normal, and then I, I, um, I, I, I surprise you by coming up with something that was more twisted, but it still satisfies that thing I set up in the first place. And the reason why you laugh is you get the fact that that still satisfies that setup. You're like, oh, I get it. That's the same thing. Ha ha ha. <laughs> so I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of um, with the comedy lens. Um, I'll um, I'll give you um, a uh, uh, well. First, 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 let me let me uh, go over. There, there's four questions that, that you can ask yourself. This is for the the listener um, that you can, can help you. And I go over these in the in my book. Um, but but there are four questions that you can begin to ask yourself um, that will help you to um, narrow down uh, what your what your comedy lens could be. Uh, the first question what personal truths define you so like if you want to connect with people and get them to belly laugh i mean really laugh you got to be willing to put some emotional skin in the game <laughs> right right yeah yeah well kind of and, and, and it helps you to be more relatable and more the more vulnerable you are about that so in, in comedy that means you have to admit some personal truths that a lot of people you know you might prefer to keep that to yourselves you know um, basically I say that it's, it's, um, you know, things that you would probably not want to admit in an elevator to a bunch of strangers, but the, on a, on a comedy stage you do, it can be like about how you were, um, how you live your life now or how you were raised. It can be about a, like a fundamental belief or a rule that you live by or a way that you see the world. Um, it could be regarding your sexuality or your race or your religion or your politics. Like, like for instance, a personal truth about Jerry Seinfeld is he's picky about all the details. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's a um, Roseanne Barr. She was defensive about being a stay-at-home mom. So that's what, like a personal truth about her that helped her define her lens. Chris Rock was upset with the perception of that, that his race of people have. So that that helped him define what he wanted to talk about. So the first thing you should ask yourself is what personal truths um, define you, and, and, and why? Why do you want to put that? Well, because that's what makes you interesting to strangers, even and, and your friends and family when you're honest about um, about those kinds of things, and that's what helps them truly connect. Now, the second question, Daniel, you would ask yourself is what topics in life make you laugh? That helps you define your comedy lens, too. Humor is very personal, right? It's, it's what makes me laugh might not make you laugh and vice versa. So your comedy lens begins to, to help you um, narrow down what parts of your life you think are funny. Otherwise, all your, your options become overwhelming and endless, and you, you, and, um, uh, especially at first when your funny muscle is at its weakest. Like that's, that's when you're, you're, you really need to begin to define this. So, so what's funny to you? I, I have a whole list uh, that, I, that I go through in my book, things like political misunderstandings, relationship drama, racial yes. misconceptions, rudeness, uh, muck-ups at work, sexual tension, kids, a lack of kids, battle of the sexes. 
those darn Gen Xers or millennials or those Karens or coppers. I, you know, maybe it's shopping or, you know, maybe it's uh, fart sounds and potty language, or maybe it's the, the changes of weather, whatever topics make you laugh. That's what you're going to begin to start to, to think about for your comedy lens. And, and it'll help you narrow that down. And then, um, uh, the next question I would ask, ask, have you ask yourself is, um, how do people who know you describe your humor, right? And that's very important. Mm. How get the if you're trying to get become a comedian or, or become somebody who uh, wants to make strangers laugh, you have to figure out well, how do people find you funny, especially the people who know you. So if you have if you have friends or family who are still talking to you, ask them. Say what what is it that makes me funny to you. Um, for instance, my friends would say that I'm kind of a smart aleck who always thinks I'm correct and I'm <laughs> and I want to say what everyone else in the room should be thinking, right? That's kind of with me, but I'm all, but I'm clumsy, so I'm kind of harmless. So because I'm always end up kind of tripping over my own feet. So that's that's how I help to narrow down uh, uh, how I'm funny. Now, you know, ask your friends how 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 am I funny? Are you am I sarcastic, bitter, ironic, silly or goofy? angry, passionate, sarcastic, dry and subtle, or over the top and physical. All of these things can help you define exactly what kind of comedy lens you you would have for yourself. And then the final question is just when are you at your funniest, right? Begin to identify what uh, scenarios, what place in life, where are you at when you are at your funniest? Um, you know, there's there's so many subculture spheres that you can choose from that it's nice to start um, in, in a realm that you're comfortable with. So like, ask yourself, are you funny at work? Am, is it in bed? Is it being social with friends or family? Is it us with strangers in public? Is it um, when it comes to looking at the world, uh, uh, news articles or um, uh, funny stories online? Is it are you funny to your Comic-Con friends or your Dungeons and Dragon friends? Or is it your workmates <laughs> or your buddies or your wine sipping crew or your beer your, your golfing buddies. I don't know. But, but if you can begin to look at that area where you're at your funniest, that'll help you to find um, who you are as a, uh, as a comedian. And so those, those are the four questions I go over in my book in more detail that help you um, begin to, um, to narrow that down. Yes. Interesting people. If you are a beginner and you want to be famous, like, Mr. Mike, Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, me and Chris, we hang in the same circles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Mr. Seinfeld, go for it. And uh, one thing uh, we want to advise you people because of what happened to Mr. Chris Rock, and it's a big, let's say, scandal. <laughs> Is it a scandal, Mr. Mike? Oh, me when he got punched or slapped yes, by uh, yes. Will Smith. Yes. Yeah. Well, that that's that's always you know. The fact that somebody would, would actually be violent with you for what you said on stage is a very scary thing because, you know, the comedians, there's a real need to have a comedian there in, in, in the world. Comedians basically are the truth tellers. We're the ones that tell the king the bad news uh, without getting killed. So, yes. you know, the, the original <laughs> gestures. So so the fact that 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 Will Smith was allowed to walk up there and slap him because he didn't like the joke that, that Chris Rock told. And frankly, it was a very, you know, it wasn't that bad of a joke he was doing a gi jane joke about about um will smith's wife um but because she was suffering from um alopecia you know it it, it became sort of punching down where, where he was making fun of somebody who was suffering from a, a condition and and that you know that that's something that is as a new comedian you got to understand even i mean like chris rock is a very uh, uh skilled comedian and yes. so you know he 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 knew that he was taking a chance by making fun of of her 
for that condition that the, the fact that she had no hair um but uh he felt that he was he was taking a higher choice because he wasn't making fun of the fact that he and his uh uh that Chris, uh, will smith and his wife had cheated on each other and did a tv show about it so there was a lot more <laughs> a lot more ways to punch yeah. down on them and he he took the what he thought was the best way to do it but I, you know um and and but but there's no excuse for getting hit on stage no, nobody should be able to lay hands on somebody just because they didn't like the words they used be careful people and uh, be minded of who are your uh, listeners Right. Yeah, a lot of times that yeah, you got to know your crowd and you got to know who you're talking to. And when you're a, a start when you're beginning as a comedian, like your your goal is not to to um uh, upset people. Your goal is to make them laugh. So you got to figure out who's in the audience and sort of what what, you know, what are they uh hoping for and expecting. If if it's a older crowd, they might want cleaner material. If it's a younger crowd, they might want faster paced and more edgy material. And um you know, you can uh, you're not going to change your jokes or what you um how you do your humor but what you're going to do is you're going to shift and adjust according to um who's out there so that you can especially at, at first in your first five or ten minutes of being in front of them you're going to get you're going to gain their trust and gain their um their favor by by giving them um material that, that they can easily consume so now to get back to the comedy lens um there i want to do a quick um, I want to show you, Daniel, there, there's a, uh, a joke that I have uh, based on a premise and show you what that looks like between somebody who doesn't have a comedy lens, some people who do have a comedy lens and show you the difference in the kind of humor that you can create out of it. OK, so yeah. the premise that I'm talking about, it's um, my, uh, my teen daughter. I have a teenage daughter and she's 13 and she oversleeps on weekends. And so I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, oh, okay. I wanna do a joke about the fact that I have a teen daughter who oversleeps on weekends. Now that's a very common premise. I, other people have approached the same kind of humor. So um, how your comedy lens is formed will also dictate how you take on that premise. If you don't have a comedy lens, I say you're, I, I call those people what a corner quipper. That's like a generic water cooler jester. Uh, you know, and no offense, but it's just that, you know, they're, they're sort of like uh, they have scattershot attempts at humor and sometimes it gets it falls flat. It gets old and you just get tired of it. So so a corner quipper might look at that premise. My teen daughter oversleeps on weekends and, and they might say, OK, I'm going to Google information about that and I'm going to make a joke uh, based on that information. So they might have a, they might do this joke. Do you know a snail can sleep for up to three years, a teenage <laughs> snail even longer? right so that's cute that's you know it's a cute little joke yes um, you know because because it's it's based on truth that there are the snails yeah. do do sleep up to three years but then if they're a teenage snail they sleep any longer but it may I mean, it makes you laugh but it, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. it's nothing to remember it's nothing to, to um to uh to, that would make you say oh i want to hear more from this guy or this girl who's told that joke it's, it's more like something you would read on a bubblegum wrapper or on a, a monthly uh, joke calendar now, let's take a couple of guys, Ronnie Dangerfield and Jerry Seinfeld. Now, they have very clear comedy lenses. Let's see what kind of joke they might do. All right. So Ronnie Dangerfield okay. was he was the guy who could get no respect. Right. Yes. So he was. Yeah. He like he had self-deprecating humor, one liner stuff. So if he would take on the teen sleeper premise, I mean, he, you know, rest his soul. He's passed. So I don't know how he would actually do it. But uh, he, I took a stab at how he might do it. So uh, so I, do, do you want me to do it? Do you want me to try to do his voice? Daniel? Oh, yeah. Try to, okay. Oh, okay. Hey, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I tell you, uh, I tell you, now that my daughter's a teenager, she starts, she's starting to resemble her mother. On weekends, she ignores me all night and then sleeps in past noon. 
Oh. <laughs> so, so now, now Ronnie Dangerfield took that teen sleeper premise and he made it more about how he's, he gets no respect. He, he's, he's now got a daughter who's acting like his ex-wife, you know? So, okay. so, so that makes it more personal and kind of makes it more, um, more, um, uh, uh, relatable, right? Now let's yes. take a guy like Jerry Seinfeld. Now Jerry Seinfeld, he's still alive, so we got to be careful. Like, like, I, like, I, he would probably be insulted by my attempt at his at his comedy <laughs> lens. But I'll take a stab at it. No offense, Jerry. This is this. I know you'll do it a hundred times better, a thousand times better than this. But this is like J- Jerry makes a big deal out of nothing. So what he would have to do with this teen sleeper premise is he would have to find whatever's not that big a deal and, 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 and make a big deal out of it. So, um, so this is, this is my take on that. So um, what's the deal with teenagers needing so much sleep on weekends? My teen daughter sleeps past noon. Like she just worked third shift at the auto plant. <laughs> the same baby girl who used to scream us awake at 4 AM has become a late sleeper. I tell her there's no late sleeping in our house. We're not late sleepers. We're early risers. We eat late sleepers for breakfast. Well, we beat them to breakfast. We prefer to eat eggs. Hard-boiled. We're early risers this time. Late sleeping is a slippery slope. First, you're a late sleeper. Then suddenly in traffic, you're a road rager. Ever notice late sleepers and road ragers are always driving the same car? That's where they become finger saluters. So, so that's yeah. that's take it that Jerry Seinfeld takes a big makes a big deal out of nothing. He's now he's got he's he's naming it and claiming it. He's calling them late sleepers and he's uh, comparing them to early risers and finger saluters and road ragers. And so now that sounds more like a Jerry Seinfeld bit. Now now we we appreciate you know and with his delivery and with his tweaking, he would um, he would turn that into that that type of joke. And then finally, the third and final uh, comedy lens would be my comedy lens. I'm I'm the clumsy aspiehole. So now, you know, what we like to do is we like to notice and notify. We like to point things out and we like to interject and correct and make things, you know, right. So so w- what I would do is I would um, I would take my daughter's teen sleeper premise and I would I would go this way. I would say on weekends, my teen daughter sleeps well past noon. That's not going to happen in my house. I told her, you know, kid, in the olden days, on weekends, you'd still have to wake up early to milk the cows and gather the eggs. And she told me, you know, Dad, in the olden days, life expectancy was 55 years old. So by now, you'd already be dead. <laughs> Ouch. Like, enjoy that. Enjoy that extra sleep, kid. I'll be on my computer looking up how to recover from a major burn. <laughs> Right. So that's how I would yes. do that joke. So, 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 you know, obviously those jokes could be delivered better and written better, but, but my point is that if you have a comedy lens, you can make the same premise different depending on who you are and how you're looking at it. So those are three different, four different comics, really, if you include the quipper, uh, showing you four different takes on the same premise. Wow. Very well said, uh, Mr. Mike. And thank you for those example it really excites those people listening even me i'm so excited to do this <laughs> application <laughs> right okay how to discover my comedy lens oh right. we're gonna get you we're gonna get you to do stand-up comedy someday daniel that's that'll be my goal is to get you we'll figure out we'll figure out how uh how we can get you um up on stage and getting people to laugh how about nobody laugh <laughs> <laughs> that's okay too you know uh norm mcdonald said that you know comedy is about trying something as best you can and failing and that's funny so he he even says trying to get people to laugh and not getting people to laugh is actually funny you know just not to you it's funny to everybody else <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely oh so people comedy lens is very important if you want to be a comedian 
it's your own style and you need to develop it right mr mike that's true and it, if if you want to begin to be funny and be different that the thing about the comedy lens what it allows you to do is allows you to have an original take i say i say it's like a, a porthole that you look through life and it's and it's smeared with your funny sauce it's got your own personal takes uh built in it so what that does is it gives your humor uh, originality. It allows your um, jokes to come across uh, as your own instead of generic and uh, in general, which again, it, it might get some laughs, but it won't be memorable and it won't be relatable. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get people to um, want to hear more of what you have to say. Yes. And every time you open your mouth, people will be excited of what you're going to say. Uh <laughs> it's true. And because and, and what, what having a clear comedy lens does for you, um, that's a good point, Daniel, because what it does is it, it makes you look as a comic when you're in an audience and you see somebody with a very clear comedy lens. You believe that no matter what they talk about, they're going to be able to make it funny in their style. Right. If you listen yes. to Bill Burr or you listen to Wanda Sykes or if you listen to Richard Pryor or if you listen to um, Bob Newhart, you honestly believe that no matter what they talk about, they're going to find something original and unique and funny about that topic. And so a comedy lens, uh, when it's clear, cut to the audience, gives you an authority uh, in their eyes. And that that's half the battle because, you know, it, it, comedy is about the audience trusting that you're going to go somewhere with this thing, that, you're, you, that you know what you're doing. And, and um, having a clear comedy lens helps them believe that. Absolutely. Plus, people, you should have originality. Okay. It's true. Yeah. And that's what I, with my book, Finding Your Funny Muscle, How to Create Laughs Like a Pro, I, I really, I emphasize that. I, I, I think that's so important because especially now more than ever, there's so many people who are trying to do comedy. There's so many people that are, that, that are, that have a good sense of humor. And so if you want to really stand out nowadays, especially, you've got to have an original take. You've got to have some angle that hasn't been done before quite the way you're able to do it. And then you're going to begin to be able to get work and begin to be remembered and, and be in demand because um, otherwise, you, you know, they're, they're not going to remember you. You're just going to blend in with the crowd. Yes. So, Mr. Mike, can you please invite our listeners to buy your book? Oh, absolutely. Hey, listen, if you if you want to learn more about my book, I, I, this podcast isn't about really about the book. It's more about helping new comedians, uh, uh, you know, get on stage and, and, and have confidence in, in what they're trying to do. Um, my book is the same thing. It, it tries to help you do that, too. And you can get it on Amazon and you can get it on at Barnes and Noble. You can get it at Apple Books, uh, Google Play. Uh, there, there's a paperback version and there's also an audio book version now. Oh, did I tell you that, Daniel? I just recorded. I just finished recording the audio version of it. So. Very wow. soon, you're going to be able to buy the audio book, and you can also get the Kindle version of it. And anywhere books are sold, it's Finding Your Funny Muscle, How to Create Laughs Like a Pro. And if you want to learn more about the book, Daniel, you just got to go to funnymuscle.com. That's my website. That, that website has everything. It has everything you want to know. It has some videos that tell you exactly what the book gives you. But it also has a lot of free content, videos, funny, funny videos you can watch. Uh, and it's got a lot of – I'm a writer, and so I do a lot of blogs. But – I'm also a talker, as you can tell. So all of, my, all of my blogs have an audio version of them. So you can hit play and you can do other stuff while you're listening to my, my blogs. And they're, they're all real, you know, they're funny. And they're, um, a lot of them uh, are there to help, uh, help comedians uh, get started.
Yes, people, I recommend you to buy it because I just bought it the last week and you got Woo! <laughs> That's right. That's I appreciate that too. I I, uh, I I noticed that on my sales numbers. I said, wait a minute, there's a there's a sudden influx of purchases. And I'm, I will buy more so that I can spare to my friends that so that they learn how to uh, entertain other people. I appreciate that, and and just so you know, this this book, you're not the only one who's buying it, Daniel. Uh, I've got um, uh, quite a few um, quite a few people who are buying it, and um, do um, a bestseller in the comedy um, category. It's a hot new bestseller in uh, self help uh, creativity, and um, you know I, I've made the top uh, you know the top lists uh, in both the Kindle and the um, and the uh, paperback version. So uh, it's been go doing really well. The sales have been up and um, it's a, um, it, it's, it's a, a book that if you're, if you're, if you're serious about, um, you know, becoming a, a comedian, it, it, it's, it's a great resource to have. Congratulations, Mr. Mike, uh, being a best-selling author. So I hope it will continue. You have more I do too. To <laughs> right? Yeah, your 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 words to uh, to George Carlin's ears, wherever he is, rest his soul. <laughs> yes, let's support Mr. Mike because if you support him, he will give his one hundred percent best for more books to come. That's true. And we have two more books in the Funny Muscle series coming out. There's uh, Fine Tuning Your Funny Muscle, which is, helps you. It's the next level um, uh, on all the concepts uh, that are in the first book. And then the third one is called Flexing Your Funny Muscle, which helps you take this information and bring it into your own world, whether you're a stand-up or if you're just somebody who wants to be funnier with your family and friends or if you're somebody who wants to be funny at work and the, the talks you give. So, Yes, definitely. And you're planning to have a master class too, right? Absolutely. Each one of these books will have its own master class that you can get. And, and um, it'll be a way to um, to sort of help you understand the concepts in the book. And I'll walk you through it so that you can, you know, do do a better job when you get up on stage, because that's the key. When you get up on stage, it, it takes a lot of guts. Like, like that's what a lot of people don't realize until they actually have a moment where you have to be on stage to to, to be to stand there in the lights in front of people you don't know and then to be vulnerable enough to try to make them laugh. And these are all people who have made other people laugh, but you're trying to do it in a, a level better. That takes a lot of guts, Daniel. And so if you get up there and do that, you want to be as prepared as possible. So you want to understand the craft deep and you want to have, have practiced it a lot. And so, um, and there are a lot of resources to help you do that, but hopefully this podcast is one of them. Yes, people. Those uh, moments are priceless moment that you make people entertain and laugh to death <laughs> yeah, to death yeah that's the, that's the goal it, you, you want to get them so that they're all um they're all uh laying there in the aisles afterwards yes. that's the key that's priceless people <laughs> oh and hey and, before we before we leave can i can i um just uh promote what we're going to do next week oh yeah definitely yes go ahead oh yeah so so daniel i thought next week um we could talk about I came up with a, a list of 10 mistakes that new comedians tend to make. Now, this is uh, 10 things that when you're new in the business, you, you kind of make these mistakes. And I thought I'd go over them for our listeners next week to sort of help them avoid these mistakes so that they can immediately look like a pro when they go on stage, at least in, in the sense that they won't fumble in these very basic ways. And these are these are mistakes that I made. These are mistakes that a lot of comedians make. So there's no... You know, there's no um, uh, judgment 
It's just if you know about this stuff, then you can practice it beforehand and, and avoid these mistakes. So that'll be next week. Ten mistakes that new comedians make that we'll go over all ten and um, give people a chance to uh, to avoid them. Interesting people. So please tune in next week. Another topic that you gonna like it. So comedy lens, cover it, develop it, so that you become better, bigger, and bolder comedian. That's right. But more relatable, more memorable, and um, and more original. That's the key to to having a comedy lens. Is it it sets you apart from everyone else, so that uh, in a world filled with a lot of funny people, people will remember your take. Your, your your humor and that's key yes so mr mike thank you for your time and thank you daniel i appreciate it yes buddy gone people see you soon bye so